Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier NFT art podcast. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating amazing art. We're excited to help you in your collecting journey. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. This episode of Cornering the Market was interrupted due to a personal matter that I had to attend to. So I finished it up a little bit late. It is Monday, October 17th. By the time this is released, it'll be Tuesday the 18th. We'll still have another episode this week, but wanted to give you the heads up on that. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market. I'm joined by my great friend, Jared, who you may know online as J underscore pause and an IMP. You may know me as Aston Cloud online. How are you doing today, Jared? Doing really well. I've been uh, I've been on an absolute FX hash terror. I'm, I'm going to sound like a fanboy. I'm, I'm pre preloading all of the sentiment uh, for this podcast, but I've just been degenning into FX hash stuff in mints all week. So it's been it's been fun, and at the same time, um, it's just been busy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely been a lot of FX hash, hash and Tezos. So looking forward to talking about that. In this episode, just want to start off saying thank you to everybody who listened last time. We got a lot of great feedback. We put out a Twitter thread that recapped everything for people who didn't have time to listen. We're going to do the same thing again this time. We're going to keep it punchy, aiming for about 30 minutes, very well structured. So you can jump onto the timestamps and hit the parts that you're interested in and take a look at the Twitter thread, both as a reference or if you want to, or if you're not able to listen to everything, this will also be audio only. We'll have it up on YouTube, but it will be audio only. And uh, as always, please like, subscribe, comment, let us know how you're finding this content. We're really working hard to keep iterating and making it better for you. Without further ado, let us jump into cornering the market, episode number five. I want to start with, again, global macro outlook. This is important. It impacts all the prices. Ethereum, Tezos, Bitcoin, and your NFTs. And for people, a lot of people are spending significant money on this. So you should really think about that and consider how they may change as an investment, especially if you have short-term cash needs. And of course, don't don't invest more than you can afford to lose to be safe. But I know people don't always listen to that. So global macro outlook. Today, the U.S. released inflation data from September. This matters because that impacts the Federal Reserve, the U.S.'s central bank's interest rates, which drives the borrowing costs for pretty much the whole world, really, at this point, given the way that the U.S. currency is utilized in the world. That inflation came in a little bit high, a little bit more than people thought. You may have seen the markets have some volatility due to that. This is not good for crypto and Bitcoin in general because it makes everybody a little bit more cash tight because a higher inflation reading means the Federal Reserve is likely to continue raising interest rates, which, as we mentioned, drive the borrowing costs of almost everything in the world. So it's not great news. We will see what happens, but it seems like the bear market is still on, although it doesn't feel that way in the generative art market, which we are very excited about. Do you have any other thoughts on the global macro, Jared? I know you and I actually haven't even talked about this, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this inflation read or what it could mean for collectors. Um, I'll try to be slightly ambiguous and generalized, but still bring bring value. I, I've talked to a lot of people. I shared with you some people I sat down with this week, and they had the similar sentiment. Um, obviously, 
launching a, a fund in these times is could be perceived as uh, a difficult task. I look at it as opportunity. So those who have liquidity and the discipline are, in my opinion, able to uh, accumulate at deals relative to a potential uh, longer hold duration. Um, I just think that, you know, the next, I'll call it three to six months will be um, eye-opening. And if you're disciplined enough and uh, have the ability to uh, acquire, then there will be some opportunities of a lifetime in front of us. I, I, I think my personal opinion, and it's kind of confirmed with some other people I talked to, is I think that the, the worst is not behind us, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, I think, the general sentiment. So everybody just be careful. And if you are buying something that you really can't afford to go down in value, just keep in mind that it may go down in value more in the short term. And if that's going to be too stressful for you, then perhaps it's better to wait until the global macro outlook is a, a little bit better. And hopefully that'll be soon. I think that we are starting to see signs of life, and this is a great segue. Wow, I'm going to redo that. This is a great segue into the NFT generative art market and what's been going on. So we're looking at mtpricefloor.com. This will be in the show notes. We take a look here and try to see what kind of volume has been happening in the last seven days across the top gen art collections. So our blue chip index. Number one, Chromie Squiggles. Jared does our weekly squiggle update. He's a squiggle app expert. Jared, tell us about squiggles. Some interesting stuff going on here. Dude, I had to pivot my 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 update because uh, as of 30 minutes ago, the squiggle DAO on a unknown address, but if you if you track it, just did a sweep of the floor and my, my previous comment was going to be how the the floor of 10 and a half to 11 ETH was holding up strong and consistent sales of you know three to four sometimes up to six squiggles uh on a regular basis but literally um there's just been an absolute run on squiggles based on that momentum and I, I can't even count, but it looks like the, the squiggle Dell set into motion a, a, a sweep of, it looks like 10 to 15 squiggles. And as you can imagine, when people start seeing volume, there's an absolute uh, run on things. And you can see um, it was something, I have to get an update, man. This is like insane. Oh, there's about three to 400 ETH of, there's 644 ETH in a seven day volume three to 400 of which it just came in the last hour so um you know proof yeah. that uh, the squiggle is fairly resilient you know it's jumped to a 13th floor out of reach for a lot of people within the um within the you know the investor area you know that's a good 16 plus thousand dollars so it's um yeah it's it's still hot squiggles are still hot is the headline there people and the squiggle dow is definitely looking to accumulate so probably not a bad time for those who are waiting if the squiggle dow felt like it was a reasonable time and yeah. rounding out the other top gen art collections here a lot of volumes on memory memories of chilin 19 sales there eight meridian sales seven edifice six screens screens have been hot they must know about our coming podcast 
And then just a reasonable amount of sales going down a lot of these top art blocks projects, which tend to be the ones we focus on on Ethereum because they are so far really the, the blue chip collections there. And not a crazy change in floor prices I'm seeing other than, well, there was an autoglyph sale, which is not art blocks, but is really the OG of OGs. So the floor now is 345 that jumped up. That was a sale for 235. So that was a big one there. And Subscape's floor jumped up to 12.8, which is kind of in line. It, it tends to be higher than Meridian, the other project on Art Blocks by Matt Delorier. And it seems like it has kind of caught up there. Uh, but beyond that, not too much. I think a more interesting update in the sense that it's different is over on FX Hash. So let's hop over there. Jared, what are you looking at the seven day volume here now on FX Hash? Talk us through it. What are you seeing? Uh, you know, we don't necessarily have to go through the whole list, but any highlights you want to point out here? Well, we talked about the 100K sale or in sales last week, but, you know, September by T. Boswell, I know you're you're a big fan of this, has just been going strong this whole week. Had a 5K Tez sale, which was, you know, I think next level. Uh, and then things that I, I really appreciate and, and jumped into myself, Yazin had a, a great one. We called The Fire Within by... Yi Wenlin, you know, that had a great release. And then, uh, you know, uh, extracurricular activities just had a great drop this morning. It's not high volume yet, but it's still relatively new. And then the other one that I kind of had a, a big degen into was um, um, Harvey's release. Trazy Doc? Trazy Doc? Is that how you yeah, say it? I don't know. How to, I was trying to think of how to pronounce it uh, without butchering it completely, but. Uh, Heavy's had like a really good uh, track record. He has uh, a couple really, really outstanding projects with uh, great legs. I'll call it, so to speak, from a historic building is specifically like density. You know, there's a, that one has a really great track record. So uh, beautiful art. And I think that, um, you know, the whereas last week, I think had like a great uh, presence of historic projects. I think this week is, in my opinion, overwhelmingly, oriented towards uh, a, a series of really, really great drops. 100%. I didn't get these Trazzy Docs, but they are very, very nice. And my one thing I would add is a lot of new projects getting really good volume. You know, you mentioned Trazzy Doc. That's only been out for a day. It's now number seven on the seven-day volume on FX Hash. could be a sign that there's just not that much volume and people are interested in new things. But when you hop over to the 30-day, we're not talking about a pretty significant time period. And most of the volume a few months ago in the top 30 days was from old collections that were much more established, like your Zancans and Dragons, etc. But now we're seeing, I mean, The Fire Within is in the top 15 of 30-day volume. It's been out for a few days. September by T. Boswell is number three. And it hasn't even been out, uh, well, I guess it's been slightly over a week now. So... I think there's a lot of interest in new stuff happening and really some great art. I mean, all of these things you're talking about here have been fantastic art. And we're talking about prices, but the art has been just wonderful. So yeah, one I'm excited. Final point on, on Tezo Space Art. And, and obviously, I, I just think it presents such an amazing opportunity for people to get in that don't into gen art that don't or can't necessarily or don't want to have overexposure to Ethereum based uh, assets. And there's a, you know, in Grailer, somebody 
took a screenshot of it. And one of the things that had like a deep resonance for me is a very, very renowned collector, Von Mises, was, you know, chatting back and forth with somebody in a, a general chat of Discord. And they wanted to buy one of his pieces off of Tez. And he's like, he basically said, I will not be selling any Tez based art because I feel underexposed relative to my ETH position in art. And I thought it was a very telling sign. Uh, and you can go through his public wallet, you can see what he's buying, but he has some nice stuff and yet he still feels underexposed. And and I think that that's a really um, potentially prolific position of how he's viewing the current state of the market because he was so dynamic in collecting in the early, I'll call it ETH-based gen art uh, pieces. So I, I think it, it speaks volume to to the opportunity ahead of everybody. Yeah, and actually, that's a great segue. Let's talk about some general gen art news that we're seeing, and then we'll hop into you know some of the other stuff, release recaps, nice art that we see. And the reason I wanted to segue is because I think you're bringing up a point that is important. I've been feeling it too, in that there seems like something special is really happening on on FX Hash and Tezos. It feels like maybe this is what early art art blocks vibes is like. I was talking to DeFi Staker another grailer and he was on spaces with us yesterday he was there early for art blocks and there's just something going on he didn't fully agree with me but he didn't fully disagree with me and i'd be curious to hear from other people who may be listening who actually were there from the very beginning of the art blocks runs but it feels like you can just buy great art you see nice stuff and it's doing well from a financial standpoint, but it's also cheap enough that it almost doesn't matter. I know for some people it does, but you know, we're talking an order of magnitude cheaper than what's coming out on art blocks even now. And that just feels like you can free yourself up to enjoy the art. And it feels like more and more prolific art is coming on there. Like really nice stuff. I mean, this one, Goliath by Flynn's. I mean, this thing minted out. What was it? It was, it was low 10, 10 Tezos. It minted out. Floor still 32. This is really nice art. Like someone very, very skilled who's put hours and hours and hours into their craft is creating these. And you can go buy it for you know, less than you buy a lunch for in the US for a lot of people. And that to me is amazing. And I got the, t- the September by T. Boswell. I love them. You know, I went hard. I ordered the print. It's going to be here on Monday. Like you it was only your, $30. Uh, I was like, broke, wow. You broke your buying uh, moratorium for it, that is just, which is a testament to like how beautiful these pieces are. And I, just, I think it's uh, it's awesome. It is, it is it is quite great to see. So it may just be test season. And I wonder if more people will think the way Von, Mises, Von Mises did and say, hey, I need more Tez art to be balanced in gen art. And I saw Von Mises buying September's also, and that was actually a big signal to me. I was like, wow, okay, like this is this is real. So I'm going to keep looking, keep my ear to the ground, and we will see how this plays out. And the other big gen art news story that I wanted to talk about is something that I think is a little sneaky under the radar. So Deca.art, which is an online gallery and much more, they're creating really a social experience around art and NFTs that I actually think they're they're hitting on some really cool stuff. But what I wanted to highlight is they had an announcement last week, I believe it was. And I wanted to talk about this last week, but we didn't get there. But they are creating, in your profile, you have a created tab. This allows you to compile all of the art that you have created as 
a generative artist, as an aspiring artist, as collector's corner. We mint some NFTs because we use them in our galleries, whatever it is. But it really, if you think about it from the collector's standpoint, as more and more artists create their profiles and bring all of their art into one place, it makes it far easier for you to collect and go and discover art. And I think that's fascinating. It's fantastic. Thomas Peterson tweeted about how he actually has done this with his profile. So if you go to Thomas Peterson's DECA art profile, then, and we'll link to this, he, he tweeted about this as well. But if you go to his DECA art profile, and I'm having trouble finding it right now, but anyways, you can go and see everything that he has created. Not all of it is on OpenSea, right? And so that is, to me, really exciting from an art discovery standpoint, because you know we at Collector's Corner, we try to organize info for you and help you find stuff. Trust me, it is a pain to find everything that an artist has released. Uh, there's all sorts of platforms out there that they almost seem to keep popping up. So I love that. And then the other thing I want to highlight from DECA is that they have created this newsfeed feature, which is amazing. You, it's, sorry, it's called an activity feed. So right above your profile, you go to activity and you can see that what your followers are buying and selling. Oh, look at this. We were talking about bright moments. Somebody bought one for 35 Ether. I wonder who whose mint pass that was, right? So Jared and I haven't looked into this, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So love these innovations from DECA here. And the last thing they're doing, which I'm sure has been really fun for you, Jared, is one of their daily quests. They updated it now to where you see a picture of a collection and you have to guess the collection. And if you get it right, you get some uh, DXP. And they started with Artblocks collections. It looks like they're expanding uh, but it's so engaging. And they didn't even announce that. Though. I was like, oh, ho-hum, here's this. I'm like, wow, okay, now we're now we're engaging in a bear market. Uh, I said a lot. Your thoughts, Jared? The, the, the DECA naming the collection, I thought was a brilliant level of engagement. You know, it's really forcing uh, and challenging people to, to really connect with the art, not just click on galleries and do that DXP farming. Um, you know, there is a hack to to get the answer without uh, without uh, actually having to scroll. But you know, I've enjoyed scrolling through art blocks, uh, all the collections, and, and reconnecting with some of them that I'd forgotten about. So I thought it's a brilliant move. I thought it's a brilliant way to connect um, the the users and not just create a very transactional experience, but to really uh, almost you know. You go into the deck at Discord, there's people just saying, oh, hey, I can't find this one. You know, somebody please tell me what it is. So there, there's the there's that approach. But, you know, by and large, I think people are taking it with a, a good intent. And it's been fun to 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 do it myself. I, it's kind of reinvigorated uh, my level of engagement with DECA. And, and then on the flip side, I just like really getting a lot more DXP to upgrade my uh, my Decagon. So. I think what they're doing over there is absolutely brilliant. It's um, it's been fun, and it's fun to be a part of that uh, that progress. It is so brilliant, and I everyone who listens to me knows I'm a huge bull on Deca. They are making it really engaging to collect art and give you a reason to look for it, other than either purchasing it yourself for to hold or to make money. Like think about it. When else have you actually gone around searching and figuring out what art is? There've been a few games here and there. And I'm going to shout out to Bonafide Han, our friend in Grailers, our friend who is the uh, the founder of DECA. Collector's Corner would love to put out some quizzes for people. You know, like what what palette is this 
memories from or whatever like we 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 know a lot of trivia in this space so that could be something that's fun let's transition over to our release recaps this isn't really a new release but today bright moments they revealed just a couple hours ago who the artists were for the various mint passes of their new upcoming mexico city event that's going to be in mid-november i believe it starts november 12th and for anybody who hasn't been following, these are the top artists. And the headliner there is Snowfro, who created the Chromie Squiggle, has not had a collection since. He did have one edition for Proof Grails recently. Jared loves Snowfro. A lot of people do. He innovated the space. Not saying whether or not you should love him, but this was extremely, extremely hyped. And people have been looking forward to it for a long time in a bear market. Other headliners here, William Mapan, Zach Lieberman, Iskra, Pixelfool. M. Serrario, it was, it's an all-star lineup. And, you know, I didn't participate in this because I'm saving my liquidity for you, our listeners, to help build out Collector's Corner. But Jared and I haven't even been watching it because we were probably going to get crazy FOMO if we watched the secondary. So it released 1 p.m., uh, sorry, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. I'm sure the secondary went wild. Should we take a look uh, and see what... Uh, what these Mexico City mint passes, what happened here? All right. So why don't we go? I'm going to go by the highest last sale here. We're just looking on OpenSea, and I'm going to go through the various artists. The floor so, on Snowfro right now is 35. Um, 35. It's, it's a token ID number or artist ID number eight, as he was revealed as. So. All right, Snowfro number eight. So 35 is the highest they've gone, and only three sold. Okay, so this is interesting to see how many of those sold. Uh, artist number nine was Zach Lieberman. Went for 10 at the highest, none for sale. Or actually, no, there may be some sale for sale. Sorry, but we'll, we'll look at that later. So 10, uh, number seven, Zach, uh, sorry, Marcelo, uh, 5.9. Okay, and then... Pixel Fool went. Oh, you know what? These a lot of these are are from they sold before they were relieved. Uh, sorry. So we'll we'll kind of have to look at the recently sold. We won't have the time to do all the analysis. But Snowfro went for thirty five. Um, Iskra is going around four. So we're getting a range here. Pixel Fool sounds like one and a half. You know who I care about? My boy Mapon. What number is he? I haven't even seen it. I forget what number he is. I think he's like three or four. It looks like he's probably no oh, five. Number five. Okay, so uh, it doesn't look like any of them sold since maybe four. But post reveal, I don't see any that nothing sold that high. Post reveal looks like I'm looking at the activity. Lieberman's going for uh you know the six realm pixel fool is around one point five and snow froze the the main attraction at uh thirty to thirty five. Got it. Uh really, really interesting. And we can see the volume went up to about a hundred ether. So not not a crazy amount of volume. Thirty five ether snow fro, which you know actually it sounds kind of in range. Uh I, I guess people like the Mapons have not sold yet. So I think from my opinion, he was, in what I was hearing, he was the second most popular, but no volume yet. So maybe people think 13 is too high. I'm not sure. Are you thinking about it now, Jared? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I mean, 
my strategy has always been, and I, I really saw this in the last one, and it it's kind of sad, but my strategy is going to be, I'm going to try to pick Mapon and Snowfro up on the secondary a couple months after the hype is gone. And hopefully there's a, a settling of of the the price point. But I mean, I want to, it sounds weird to say this out loud too, but I really want to make sure that I'm connecting with the art it's not to discount anybody, but you know, especially Snowfro. Like, I love him. I, I adore what he's done for this uh, this space. He's he's a next level advocate, and you know, at the end of the day, like, I still have to operate on the ethos of I want to buy what I want to put on my wall. So, I, I love the gambling aspect of it. I love that Pixel Fool released a little bit of a preview today, um, but connecting to the art, especially at that price point, is important to me. 100% agree. This is a very high price point. And I think people should always connect with the art. This is what gives art a lot of its utility is your connection with it. And I don't think anyone would fault you for that. I think that a lot of collectors have some qualms about buying something before they know what it looks like, or even what the generative output could look like. And we'll see how this model evolves over time. But I think in the long run, going really far out in time, you'll see less of these pre reveals and the gamesmanship behind that, and more people wanting to see what they are buying, especially at the higher end. That's just my intuition. Of course, I could be wrong. Do you have any other releases you want to recap, Jared? And by recap, I mean just highlight interesting stuff. The we touched on them on um, on Tez. I, I just think that the uh, you know the the correlation between Pixel Fools Bright Moments piece. You can find it on Twitter. Oh, I don't um, know if we talked about it yet. I think we were talking about that before we recorded. You want to tell folks? Yeah, the 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 Pixel Fool released his art uh, the, the, behind the algorithm for Bright Moments. You know, one of a hundred pieces that he's going to release, and I think it's brilliant. But there's a release on FX Hash coming out called Indefinite Glitter that I think, you know, it's a Dutch auction starts at thirty tes and and has a resting price of ten that has. You know, I'll say it has a vein of similarities. And when you're looking at, you know, one to two ETH for bright moments, obviously collection size varies, but take it with a grain of salt versus 30 Tez, which, you know, even in today's dollars is only 45 bucks. Now, I think that there's a there's an interesting play there where you can get, uh, I don't want to call it a derivative, but a, a, a congruent project from a identical or the same artist. You know, there's a really good, uh, you know, there's a good, I think, an interesting play there. Yeah, certainly. That is another, that is an upcoming drop that is very interesting by Pixel Fool. It starts, well, it'll probably be out by the time you all hear this recording. It's going to be out on Friday, October 14th. Any collections that dropped that you want to talk about, Jared, ones that have already been released that we haven't already hit? The the big ones is just I'm really digging what extracurricular activity is doing. You know, their their iteration three just came out. You know, the floor sitting at twenty Tez, the equivalent of, you know, thirty bucks for a piece. Um, you know, just completely fascinated with what, what they're doing. I love the the dynamic of if you held an iteration one and two, then you got a mint. My apologies for the interruption. I had a personal matter come up that I had to attend to and unfortunately delayed me quite a bit. But I am back. This episode is not going to air until 
Tuesday, October 18th, but there's still a lot of great news that is still very relevant and we'll still have another episode this week. So let's hop into where we were at. Jared couldn't join me given the randomness of the schedule that has arrived, but we are going to push forward and finish this up because I really have, there's a lot of great art out there that I want y'all to hear about. And there is a recent release that I've been super excited about called Sandalaya by Melissa Weiderecht. Melissa W, we like to say, because I have trouble pronouncing your name. I'm sorry, but your art is absolutely fabulous. Sandalaya was launched on Artblocks just today, on Monday, October 17th, and it had a floor price of 0.4 Ether. Uh, my apologies, a Dutch auction resting price of 0.4 Ether. The floor price is now 0.275. The art is absolutely stunning. I love the variety here in this collection. It has great breadth and there's only 210 pieces, so relatively small for, I would say, an art blocks drop and more recent generative art, but really great breadth. Check them out. Very affordable right now, especially with the Ethereum US dollar prices low. So that was one I wanted to highlight. The next one is Holland's by Tender X and Flight 404. This is interesting to me on a couple levels. One is it's a collaboration including Tender X, which you know is involved with the uh, the Tender Pass. So I find that to be really cool to see that community, that organization, working with artists. And the art itself is quite wonderful. I love the variety here. It's it's got a really interesting look and feel. And this is done really well, actually. I mean, and I I don't say that because there's anything wrong with the art, but it's recently been out and it's 35,000, 35.6,000 Tezos in uh, all-time sales, or, or sorry, that was the primary sales. So, uh, but great, you know, really great sales and it's up there, number two in seven-day volume. So check that one out. I think you all will enjoy it and see that it's great art. And uh, oh, of course, I didn't even mention the, uh, the price right now, floor price of 63 Tezos, so less than $100. US dollars. So I think also a really interesting uh, opportunity for you to collect there. The next one I wanted to highlight uh, under great art at great prices is it's it's not generative art, but this was just so cool to me. It's called The Unbearable Lightness of Being. I'm going to link to the Twitter thread and also the OpenSea page. It is by someone named Weaving with AI or a group named Weaving with AI. I'm not sure. This one just touched me. It's this AI-based uh, multimedia video, really, and it's like a slow-changing image of a family and kind of these sad scenes. And I wanted to highlight it, again, because I like the art, but it also made me think about how we might see generative art evolving and being maybe more story-like or having these 20-second clips, 15-second clips as part of the art as opposed to just a still image and how as we fall deeper in the digital realm, how that might change. So I thought it was interesting. This was an edition of 25 that was listed at 0.005 ETH, so extremely cheap. None are for sale right now, but they might come up on the market, and I would certainly be interested in collecting them. Last one, great art at great prices. This is a project called Grapheme by Sarah Ridgely, another FX hash project. This is generative 256, floor price currently at 74. It launched, I'm having trouble finding these for some reason. Okay, it launched on October 14th, ended at a Dutch auction price of 50. These are really cool. I, I enjoy looking at them. I heard some people talking about them. I think they are quite interesting. So 
check them out. See if you like them. Like I said, floor of 74, so, you know, right around 100 US dollars. And uh, it has done pretty well. I mean, it's, it's relatively new. Not crazy volume on this one. So I don't know, you know, but the art is cool and it, it's different and it's kind of got this graffiti vibe to it that I enjoy. All right. So the next thing that I want to talk about are some upcoming drops that I think could be interesting to folks and have me intrigued. These are actually both art blocks. Uh, one is called Primitives and it's by Aranda slash Lash. I believe this is two artists and you can go to Artblocks, the testnet, and play around with some of the outputs. But what's different and interesting about this, which you can see even on the OpenSea link, is you just can click on it and see the image rotate. And they do it really well. There's only three or four different positions, but the way the shapes change is really quite interesting. And you know what? Why don't I just head over to Artblocks? Because you need to know when this is coming out. And this is an Artblocks curated friends. So this is going to mint October 19th. So Wednesday at 12 p.m. CDT, which I believe is Chicago time. Starts at 4 Ether Dutch auction that will rest at 0.25. I think this one will be interesting for sure. I haven't played around with all of the potential outputs on the testnet. So I don't have a point of view there, but I like how it's different. I like how it's interactive. So check it out. See what you think. And the second one that I wanted to highlight is a drop by Casey Riaz. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. It's called Century 2052. There's only 50 of these. It's very interesting. It says that it's 50 unique artworks, one for each year since he was born. So he's turning 50. And the artwork will transition from life to death at 6.44 p.m. Eastern on October 20th, 2052. So in 30 years. So he says, today I'm 50. Will I live to be 80? I imagine he was born at 6.44 p.m. Eastern. And that's the time it'll transition. Super interesting. And uh, he mentions that it's not a not a commercial or public release. It's a gift to others who've shaped the world of art. So I'm not sure who will make that short list. Unfortunately, friends, I don't think Collector's Corner will. But maybe someday. Someday. <laughs> of course, I'm just joking here. The last thing I want to talk about today is... Just cool artists I want to highlight, and we talked a little bit about FX Hash. I think it's heating up. I still really think we are solidly in FX Hash season, and I want to highlight a few artists that I think folks should know about because they're doing great stuff. One is Tyler Boswell, who created September that recently launched that, you know, if anyone's following, I love it. I think it's just fantastic. So check out September. It's still doing really well, racing up the charts. Number two in 30-day volume. It's been out maybe a week and a half. So there's, there's that one. And then there's another artist who has named Willard and recently released a piece called Ordinary Places. I can't remember if we've talked about it yet here, but I've certainly heard about it. And it's, it's a really cool uh, generative piece. So check that out, but Willard uh, feels to be up and coming. And a third I wanted to highlight, I, I feel like I'm going to uh, butcher their name here, but it's G-O-L-Y-T, Golit. Uh, I'm sorry, Golit is the, the drop. The artist is Flins, P-H-L-I-N-S. Also some really cool stuff. For all these artists, check out their stuff on Object. 
as well. See what they have out there. Um, a lot of them have multiple collections, but they're just names I've been hearing out there. And I agree. I'm going to take a look at the art. I cannot disagree with that. That is our episode, friends. Again, my apologies for the delay. We're going to really work to make sure it doesn't happen again. But sometimes life happens. And I appreciate you all listening. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. I'm at Aston Cloud. My co-host Jared is at Jared underscore pause. We appreciate you. Please let us know what you want to see differently. And we hope you enjoy this. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you found it useful in your collecting journey. Please check out our website, www.collectorscorner.xyz, for show notes and digital art galleries related to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, at collectors underscore XYZ. If you'd like to help us out, please leave us a five-star review on our website or your favorite podcasting platform and or leave some feedback on how we can do better. The Collector's Corner team and guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.